Hello, everyone. I'm Mark Olson, and you're listening to The Envelope. We're back to our regular schedule starting next Tuesday. But in the meantime, we want to share this bonus episode with all of you. Last November, I had the pleasure of moderating a Q&A at AFI Fest following the world premiere of Swan Song. I got to speak with Benjamin Cleary, who wrote and directed the movie, and Mahershala Ali, who not only stars in Swan Song, but also produced it. The film is a mix between sci-fi and drama and tells the story of a terminally ill man who must decide between breaking the bad news to his wife, played by Naomi Harris, or keeping his family blissfully unaware by replacing himself with a clone. I can't lie to my family anymore. The second you tell your wife that you are dying, your opportunity to do this is gone. Believe it or not, this is actually two-time Oscar winner Mahershala Ali's first lead role in a feature film. Or maybe I should say roles, since he played more than one character. Anyway, without further ado, here's my conversation with Benjamin Cleary and Mahershala Ali. Benjamin, you, you've said how this stemmed in part from your own experiences with grief, having lost a, a few friends. Can you talk a little bit about how that experience sort of transformed into the story of Swan Song? Yeah, I lost uh, three friends when I was 19, 20, 21, three summers in a row. I think uh, events like that affect you. They change you you see the sort of ripples of grief emanate out you feel it yourself you see the the loved ones that are affected and ultimately i think it changed how i navigated the world how i saw the world i constantly catastrophized about you know what if someone else i loved was could die or what if i died what what would it do to my my family you know and then i think a premise like swan song comes into your brain years later and you feel like you're in a position to tell a completely imagined story, but to hopefully be able to step into the shoes of a character like that and imbue it with some kind of truth. And then when you do finally go through all the, the pain of writing it and you're as lucky as I was to get to work with someone like Mahershala, I think we all, hopefully, you know, the script has some truth in it and then we all start to speak about our own connections to it, you know, and I think people pick up on the fact that it's come from somewhere personal. Mahershala, those core feelings of of grief and also confronting one's own mortality, how did you sort of connect to those feelings? And I mean, did it become personal for you? I think it always is in some way. You're always trying to find like, what is your point of contact, you know, with the character and the story? Um, my father died when I was 20, you know, so 27 years ago. And so, um, so, but then I think what it really is though, for me, is trying to move past my own personal stuff and really be a real advocate for the character. Mm. And I think when you really focus on being an advocate for the character, it's really less about you or not a, really about you at all, but those things just being like sort of a foot in the door and I think it's a muscle, that empathy that I believe we all have. The great gift in being an actor is that you really have to, to at least work to get somewhat good at it. Your empathy has to be alive and pulsating. And I think when you can get pretty sharp at connecting to someone else's experiences or journey 
and going, wow, I have this responsibility to every day walk on this set, understand what the given circumstances are, and really just work to tell the truth, you know, that it, it frees you from yourself. And so I'm not thinking about my own personal experience with loss per se, but I am in the fight with this character sort of advocating for however the world may see that person, but still really just trying to say that this is his perspective, this is his experience, this is where he's coming from, and trying to create a space for an audience to connect with that and to sort of root for that character as well. Benjamin, the, the timing of the movie is just so remarkable in that it's coming out at a time when so many people are dealing with loss and grief. Have you found the process of making the movie, how have your own feelings sort of developed or evolved? Like what, what is making the move, the process of making the movie sort of done for you emotionally? Well, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, but I think specifically thinking about the COVID of it all, you know, we were about to shoot up in Vancouver and then it, it all ended and we, we all came back to Los Angeles and, and then we had, a, a you know, six months, I think, that we were waiting to go do it again and eventually got back up there and I felt like we became galvanized as a huge, you know, we all felt really grateful to still be able to get to work because we knew people who weren't able to do that at the time and everyone was having all these, you know, issues. They knew people who were sick. They knew people who had passed away. There was no vaccine back then. It was definitely a trying time to make a movie. And I think when you're making a film like this, that, that of course, is touching on loss and, and grief. It somehow, we, I think we, we all felt that in the fabric of what became our uh, experience shooting this. You know, I think it somehow made its way into the film. And it's kind of hard to to really put a finger on exactly what that is, but I felt it. I think we all felt it, that there, there was something there that was coming out of that. One thing the movie does so beautifully is sort of recreate memory. And we get all these little kind of just vignettes and snippets of, of scenes, the flashes of things. But thinking about that practically, you were having to shoot, like set up and shoot these scenes that we were only going to use like a few seconds of in the movie. Was that complicated for production? Like what was it like to be shooting a lot of these memory scenes that we just see a little bit of? The shooting process was interesting because our present day, right? We've got two sort of visual uh, looks in the movie. The present day for Cameron is very much so um, a different shooting style than the others. We used, a, you know, different lenses for both of them. We were more locked off or more considered. It's more slow push-ins. There's a lot of central framing, you know, symmetrical framing and things like that for his present day. And when we go into the memories, it's much more of a free flow. You know, Masanobu, our brilliant cinematographer, was almost kind of with you guys, as I, you're dancing with you guys as you did. And we did a lot of improv, which was grueling. Um, I know, and um, but but you, Naomi, like you, you were just amazing, and 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 it was it was phenomenal. These long takes, but what I really wanted to try and capture was just these little beautiful moments that felt like we were totally immersed in the character's subjective. Marshall, can you talk a little bit about shooting some of those memory scenes, and in, in particular your scenes with Naomi, because the two of you just have such a wonderful chemistry all through the movie. No, oh, she's. Yeah, and that in, in, 
in many ways is sort of led by her. And, and what I mean by that is I remember working with her on Moonlight and she was in the middle of a press tour. She had three days to shoot that whole part. And I remember first day on set, like she just went all in, you know, and she's again, different movie, different time. But I just remember how committed she was and how mind blowing that was to me. And then in this, especially because there's a period like with the flashbacks and whatnot, a lot of those he's been is only intending to use snippets of it. So in the script, it's like, oh, here's this scenario, so to speak. And so, you know, we're improving a lot of those, you know. Um, and so the way in which she would just jump in immediately, it was very freeing for me because, you know, my personality is honestly a little bit like a cat, you know, in that like fill it out, fill it out, fill it out. And then one, eventually you own it, right? But like when you're opposite of somebody like that, in specifically in improv scenarios, and they could be emotional, they could be funny, they could be whatever, and you have somebody who is just that committed, you know, it really freed me up to find some other things in myself to bring to the table. Tell me as well about just the challenge of playing two characters in the movie, it's, it's so remarkable because they're supposed to be the same and yet they do have all these very fine distinctions between the two separate characters. What, what was it like for you to play those two parts? It, it, <laughs> it was good. <laughs> it was good. It was hard in, in a certain way. Um, what, there was a part that was very easy because of Ben, which was... Those characters had clearly, for me, at least in the script and on the page, they clearly had different intentions, right? They clearly wanted different things. So it truly was like playing two different characters, like forget the fact that they look alike. They clearly want two different things. And so what I learned is that so much of character and who we are stems from what we want. Like it was the best example for me. Like it made school make sense if that, if, you know what I'm saying, right? When they're, oh, it's what you want, it's your intentions. It's like, yeah, okay. But like when you got two characters that you're playing and they're, they clearly want two different things, it really revealed itself for me. So I was pretty clear. So that part was manageable. What was challenging, and please don't, I hope this isn't misinterpreted. Every actor, there's no working actor that doesn't first have to direct themselves before they're being directed, right? Because you have to listen to your intuition, like your instincts, excuse me, the instincts. And, and so there's this thing where you step into an audition or you're on set or whatever, and your, your mind, your body, your spirit, your energy is telling you to do certain things. Then the director comes over and is like, hey, um, let's try it this way. Or can we tone that down? Can we make that larger or smaller? Or like, let's slow down in that moment. The things that directors say. With this, I had to play it out in my head first and then try to explain how I think I want to play it and still discover stuff in the moment. And then after that, Ben could be like, that's working, that's not working or whatever, right? And so um, that was the challenging thing. It's even challenging to explain, so sorry. <laughs> there, was, there was a great moment, I think, I'm not, I'm not sure how far into it it was, where we started playing with using some of the audio that you would have done in with say if Cameron started the scene and then we'd play it for the jack parts. That was cool. 
Benjamin, can you talk a bit about assembling the rest of the cast? Because the movie just has this wonderful and wonderfully diverse cast. And what was it like assembling that group? Well, once Mahershala signed on, I remember when um, I'd heard you read the script and wanted to meet. And uh, I was like, holy shit. And uh, I, I was so close to the script. You know, when you, you're so into it and then you're just, you can't even see the thing. And then I heard that you were interested in meeting and I read the script with your voice and you in mind. And suddenly the script was alive again. And it was amazing. And then we met like the next day, I think. And we had that great first conversation. It was phenomenal. We just, at the end of it, you were like, I want to do the movie. I was like, what's going on? This is amazing. But it was, it was amazing. And then, of course, when, when, when you get a master like Marshall to sign on to your, your movie, that's the first step. And you, you build around that. And then just to get, like, Naomi Harris, who's just phenomenal, um, Glenn Close, Aquafina, and, and everybody... You know, casting's fun. It's a nervy time casting because you want to get it right. And you're like, but when it works, it, it works great. And it, it, in this case, I think we got it. So, Marshall, this is also your first feature film to have your credit as a producer. And what was it like for you taking on that additional role? Um, an education. <laughs> it's such an education. Um, but I, I think my the nature... Uh, just sort of who I am, I don't necessarily like bite my tongue, you know? And so from the jump, I guess, you know, with Ben, there was just this relationship with just communicating like certain things that I saw, bouncing off of what he already had there, making certain suggestions, speaking about wanting to see certain things like perhaps breathe a little bit more or maybe we need a little less of that or what have you, but just to be in like sort of constant communication about dovetailing or reflecting off of what he already sort of has there was really uh, amazing and fulfilling. And, and it just feels good to, to really, really have a seat at the table and your voice and your ideas be respected and embraced, you know? So, so yeah, it was great. Can I just add to that as well? Like, Mahershala, you're a phenomenal actor and you are a phenomenal filmmaker. And all through the process, what was amazing to me, and I'll just talk about the edit process, but all the way through the collaboration that we had and how you improved this movie all the way along and were such a great partner to me was just fantastic. And one thing that really stuck with me in the edit was as you started giving your notes, which were inevitably just some of the best notes I've ever received, you could put on your director's cap mm. and forget completely about the performance of it all. Like, I never heard you say, oh, hold more on me. It was always like, no, I, you know, I think we've got it there. We, can, we got all we need there. And it was about shortening things. And that's a skill. That's rare, I think. Not that I have a huge amount of... Um, experience making a lot of movies, but for me that was that was really really amazing, and the movie's so much better for it. So, thank I would just you. like to say, thank that. you, brother. Thank you. And uh, before we we wrap up, Mahershala, this might be your first lead role in a feature film, but it's certainly not going to be your last. I know you're soon going to be playing the role of Blade, stepping into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think people are very excited about that. What what does it mean to you to be taking on a, a, an iconic role like that? 
really love, respect, and appreciate Wesley Snipes, you know? Um, uh, and he's been really supportive, at least from the from what I've experienced from the outside. Like, I, I sincerely appreciate the support, you know? It's just, it's, it's humbling and touching. And with that said, every part is iconic. You know, I don't look at them any different. I have the same responsibility, like 100% of the time. Whether I'm a lead or in one scene, uh, if I'm doing voiceover acting, if I'm doing a commercial, like I, I just am how I am with the work. Um, I'm picky. I get on my own nerves, you know. So it's all important to me. It's all important to me. I I would be wrong to say that I don't feel more pressure, but. I always feel pressure, you know, and I feel like something's wrong if I don't feel pressure in a, to some degree. And so it's how I understand how to move through the world at this point. There's probably a healthier, more productive way of doing it. And maybe I will discover that, pray for me. But like in general, you know, again, I, Marvel and all that, it's incredible, but but all these parts are, are they're important. They're important to me. and. And I do the best I can. And that's a wonderful place for us to, to wrap this up. Please, everyone join me in thanking Benjamin Cleary and Mahershala Ali. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thanks, everybody. That's it from us here at The Envelope. I'm your host, Mark Wilson. If you haven't already, please make sure to follow The Envelope wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a review and recommend The Envelope to a friend. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. This episode was produced and edited by Hiba El-Rabani, Asal Asanapur, and our executive producer, Jasmine Aguilera. Our engineer and composer is Mike Heflin. Very special thanks to AFI Fest for hosting this event. And special thanks to Shawnee Hilton, Clint Schaff, Richard Hernandez, Amy Wong, Chris Price, Ross May, Jeff Berkshire, Elena Howe, and Matt Brennan. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.